0: Yeah, it gets to be a bit much, you know? Uh, I mean, you don't know what it's like. Everybody coming to you with their problems.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and, and sometimes I'll admit that I, I feel like getting in my cab, you know, and and just driving and driving and driving and and going someplace where nobody knows me and and nobody wants anything from me and. Because it just. It just gets so tired of being a grown up, you know? And I've been doing it since I was eight years old. Because <laughs> I had, like, three little brothers, you know, and they used to come to me all the time. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes,
1: sometimes I think I just can just get on another day. <laughs> oh, God, sometimes I really...
2: <laughs> We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that float. It
3: stinks, so it's gold, gold. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode. The podcast that just needs to be heard and recognized. This week, we'll be reviewing season two, episode four of Taxi, entitled Nardo Loses Her Marbles, in which Elaine Nardo finally gets bogged down by the stress in her life and tries to fuck one of her friends, which is, I think, probably a <laughs> low point for a lot of us. We'll talk about it. Uh, I am your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner. Fresh out of the loony bin is...
4: Carolyn Mayne.
3: And my favorite crazy woman in the whole world is our very special guest this week. Please.
5: Uh, I can't be me. That must, not, that must be somebody uh, else.
3: Um,
5: Are you introducing me?
3: Amy uh no well you're we'll just we'll just say you're uh filling in for someone who was too crazy to be here this evening thank okay. you so
5: much for having thanks me. for
3: being here Amy <laughs> Yay.
4: Mm-hmm. so we're
3: gonna talk in great detail this is this episodes basically about therapy is pretty much what this is about um and it's maybe a I don't know we'll talk about it some of these are very officially special episodes and sometimes it's a little bit of a stretch we'll'll we'll, we'll get to that. But um, before we get into the episode, we're going to talk about our relationship with the series Taxi, starting with Carol.
4: Um, this is another one that I have not really ever watched much of. It, it's nice to look at. I love the theme song and the vibes that mm-hmm. come through immediately. Uh, I must have, like, absorbed at least one episode over my life, at least by osmosis. But I don't know if I've ever watched one. Probably really? in the background when I was sick as a kid.
3: Yeah. Hmm. That's only surprising to me because I know you and I are both big fans of Cheers.
4: Yeah!
3: And this show is kind of like the proto-Cheers.
4: It's kind of a little too old for me, and I was watching mm-hmm. TV when I was just able to touch the screen, but yeah, missed this one.
3: Yeah, but like this show creatively is um, sort of, uh, Cheers is almost a sequel to this show in terms mm. of who worked on it and who's involved in everything. Um, Alright, so you you didn't have a lot of context for this episode when we watched it?
4: Nope. I know that Danny DeVito's there, and Mm -hmm. that that the other guy is there. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's all you really need to know.
4: Comedy
5: legend Andy Kaufman. Yes, from (laughs) Heartbeats.
3: So, uh, Amy, how's about you and Taxi?
5: Uh, Seen them all yeah loved them all, all right. seen them all several times mm-hmm. really good um i mean i guess i couldn't have seen any originally but in syndication and then a really good era of nick at night
1: yep
4: obviously i mean maybe you were conceived in the studio audience amy
5: Maybe I was. On the
3: floor, yeah.
5: Yeah, I'm sure that I saw some as a baby, but I watched them all later, like, many, many times in syndication. Like,
3: in the night? I love it. So, specifically on Nick at Night, or?
5: Yeah, and whatever else it was probably in syndication on, but, yeah, definitely Nick at Night. And that era, I feel like, was, yeah, it was really good, because it was, like, Cheers, I think, although Cheers was also, like, always on Fox, but, um... Cheers and Taxi and what else was in that you're,
3: rock You're block? talking about Nick at Night?
5: Yeah.
3: Well, Nick at Night, back when it was good, it went through different eras. And oh, so I know what, th- what
5: else is. I would, oh, yes. Well, it always goes through different eras, but that would have been like...
3: The late 70s. The, the late 70s,
5: So yeah. like Mary so, Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore, mm-hmm. yeah. I watched a lot. And I,
3: ta- yeah, I, Taxi. I think Newhart was on a lot at that time, too. Yeah. Nick at
5: Night?
3: Oh, yeah. I, Wings?
5: No, Wings is later. Wings is way
3: later, 80s, yeah. 80s, 90s, yeah.
4: Because
3: to me, Nick at Night kind of died when it got into the 80s.
5: Well, that's just because it's not. doesn't feel classic for you to watch something that you already watched, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of always wished that Nick at Night would have done, like, a full cycle. Like, once they got to the 90s, they would have just went back to the 40s and 50s, but they <laughs> never did.
5: No, it's the same thing with radio. Like, it's just... We're just old. It's just what
4: happens. I know, I but we society did that. Just go back to the forties now? That would be great.
5: Well, oh yeah? You wanna make oh, America great again, Carol? I Maybe this... the
4: forties were bad.
5: Wait, yeah, wait, Carol. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Everything you're saying right now is fucked up.
3: I know. I
4: guess.
3: Carol, do you like and I'm voting? wearing a red
4: hat right now. Yeah. Do I like m- voting. I could vote since the 20s.
3: That's true, but so. do you do you miss uh white's only drinking fountains?
4: <laughs> no. She has those. She lives in Portland.
3: <laughs> That's true.
4: <laughs>
3: well, anyway, we'll uh we'll pick that apart more later.
4: Shout out Portland's problematic past and present.
3: Yes. Do you want to say anything though, Amy, since you're familiar with it, just about like the the characters or the tone of the show or anything like that?
5: Um well, I mean, the tone of the show is like we all have this shitty job together mm-hmm. with this shitty boss that we also really like for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. That's pretty much most of it. Young Tony, Tony Danza, very charming. Uh
3: huh. Yeah.
5: I don't know what else to say about Taxi. It's just a fine, fine program.
3: <laughs> okay. So, all right, I'll, I'll get to mine then, because I'm surprised it's taking me this long to get to this. So, I haven't watched Taxi much in a while, but when it was on Nick at Night, I was, like, obsessed with it. Like, it's yeah. possibly the show I am, have been most obsessed with in my life. Like, we usually, you know, we have the crack research team. We have these, uh, these orphans that we uh, unofficially sponsor who do all our uh, research on backstory <laughs> for us. Sponsoring
4: and... is a generous word for keeping them in an underground cave.
3: That is yeah. true. Well, someone's gotta pay for that cave, Carol.
4: Yeah. Yeah. How do they
5: type so much with so, their little tiny fingers?
3: Someone so, someone's gotta keep that cave damp. <laughs> um so uh, we don't let them handle any electronic equipment at all.
4: Oh Lord. No. Okay, good. They have to send like written scrolls through a pneumatic tube. And...
3: Mm-hmm. But anyway, we didn't need them for this episode because I realized as I was watching this, like how much trivia i know about this show you know like when you're in high school you get really into like so you kind of pick something's gonna be your thing sometimes you know mm-hmm. i kind of did that with with taxi when i was in high school i sort of because i liked it but also as sort of a identity choosing thing i just got very uh enamored of taxi so i haven't watched oh, it yeah yeah i haven't watched in a long time because i think there's only like four seasons of it there's not a ton of it
4: Did you, like, Um, wear Janko jeans with taxi art all over it, Ryan?
3: Uh, no, but I did have a taxi t-shirt.
4: That you wore all the time? Uh,
3: no, I mean, I wore it, like, in a cycle, you know? I mean, I... I, It was was a sensible obsession, but I just really liked it. I really liked this show. I liked that... It used to be on, like, at one in the morning, like, on Saturday on Fox or something when I was younger... And I would see it sometimes. And then Nick at Night started playing it, and I always liked it. And then I got to like really dive into it. And I just think it's a good show. I mean, I think this episode is a good example. And it's always kind of mildly depressing. And it's got an ensemble cast. It's very built on uh, character development is sort of the driving mm-hmm. element. And I think uh, it's similar to Cheers in that way. Like uh, a, a, a typical Cheers plot is like that someone is going through something and then there's like an obvious motivation for it and then it turns out to be about something else and you learn something about them. I feel like that's what most Cheers episodes are about. And yeah. Taxi kind of does that too. There'll just be an episode that's more um something character based. It does get pretty cartoonish at times too. Like I think this episode had kind of a mix of kind of uh goofy humor and actually some sort of deep moments so we'll talk about them but
5: i anyway. like that about it though yeah totally it's one of my favorite but yeah we can get into it
3: but yeah so um anyway i fucking love taxi i haven't really watched it in a while but it was <laughs> well as i watched this again i was like oh shit like i really know it's like an old friend you know with whom you are still feel familiar
5: <laughs> i just wanted to say one thing about your taxi t-shirt uh-huh. i don't know where you got it huh. but i i feel like the beauty of like being our age was we got like just under the wire of being like the first high schoolers to be able to order something online to like sure. fit what we chose as that identity uh-huh. like and i remember being so amazed by that like i remember checking for like say by the bell and Wee's playhouse like shirts and whatever for like years before they yep. showed up anywhere
3: yeah no i remember do, do you remember oh you didn't remember that i had the taxi shirt you're just saying in general
5: Yeah, just in general, like, if you ordered that online, I'm saying, I totally remember that feeling.
4: How do you get the taxi shirt if there was no internet? I'll I'll,
3: I'll be honest. with Uh, I actually, my girlfriend in high school made me the taxi shirt. Because you couldn't get one. And then in college was, to me, when you could start ordering shit. And that was kind of a weird, That's probably fucks with kids in terms of identity, that having your own thing isn't as much, like...
5: Yeah, it's just like a hot topic or
3: whatever yeah well it's sort of like with saved by the bell like you and me amy always love saved by the bell and it's such like a commodified thing now or something or i mean not that it wasn't like a popular show that everyone watched anyway but sort of the the illusion of having like a, a a unique relationship with something i think is gone now
5: yeah pretty much there's still always a couple things
3: yeah but, um, yeah, I remember, like, looking for a taxi shirt for years, and then I think for my birthday or something, my high school girlfriend, like, got an image from the internet and, like, printed it onto a shirt, and it was, like, such a big deal for me.
5: I That's so not. funny, because I made a uh, Say Anything t-shirt for my high school
3: <laughs> <laughs> for
5: the same reason, because there was just, like, no way to find it. You kids with the internet, you don't know how good you got it, you kids. I know.
3: I know. know Now there's probably like a a whole store online that only sells taxi t-shirts.
5: I hope so. I'm going to check right after this. All right.
3: (laughs) So uh, we'll get into the episode. Uh, Starting with the the eerily soothing theme song. A, but, uh, but, uh. <laughs> I got I got a little bit of trivia for the opening. Uh, one is that the theme song of Taxi was actually written for the second episode. It was a theme for a character. Because huh. uh, one thing Taxi does a lot, too, is has single character episodes. Like a person they'll be involved with will su- for, in some way will be the focus for an episode. And then you don't usually see them again. Mm-hmm. Um, so a character that was featured in the second episode, that was going to be her theme and then they just ended up liking it and using it for the whole sh- series. And also, the car driving across the bridge, I'm pretty sure that's Tony Danza driving that cab. Oh, wow. Opening. He can
4: really drive? Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then also, uh, they actually he have to... can so Andy
4: can drive. Wow.
3: <laughs> they have to loop it because the bridge isn't long enough for the whole theme.
4: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So, Wait, is it the Brooklyn Bridge?
3: I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge, yeah.
4: I think so too. Such a chill theme. Like the seventies had better music, maybe.
3: Uh in terms of theme song, two do shows don't even have theme songs anymore, right?
1: Yeah.
4: It's pretty rare, or if they do, it's
5: like very um it's like very over the top. Like Lady Dynamite or, you know, Kimmy Schmidt or something like that.
3: Oh yeah. But they have uh, so some shows still have openings like sitcoms because mm-hmm. i feel like in my mind they just kind of have credits playing at the open but there's not like a i don't know
4: i know big bang fairy does that's like the last new show i've maybe seen that's a sitcom
3: yeah that's a really big... good
4: <laughs> bnl that's my <laughs> high school experience with <laughs> a lot of bare naked ladies
3: oh oh boy
4: <laughs> know, i'm a fucking dork oh wow
3: well that's why we're all here so we open with uh Lotka planned by played by andy kaufman and
5: i call him original borat
3: oh i never <laughs> thought about that yeah <laughs> it's interesting to see andy kaufman on this show too like uh just for context you know and like to know he wasn't really into it mm-hmm. but he made some cash
5: did you watch that jim carrey documentary
3: yeah i did actually what did, did you watch it
5: I just watched it, yeah. What did
3: where did you think of what's your hot take?
5: Uh, I don't know. I thought Jim Carrey was pretty insufferable in it. Yeah. And then I think I don't know. There's a lot of comedians like that were the first to do whatever the thing was that they did mm-hmm. that I think would be so annoying. But then I remind myself that it would only be annoying cuz if someone did it now it would be derivative. Uh-huh. And So maybe at the time I would have thought it was genius. I don't know. But I think both Andy and Jim are pretty annoying. Huh. <laughs> mm.
3: well, Just
5: in the way that they like inconvenience people to sure. be yeah. geniuses.
3: Well, I think um, my hot take that you didn't ask for uh, is yeah. that... Well, What's your
5: hot take, Ryan?
3: Well, one is I think that Jim Carrey has gone crazy. Oh,
5: yeah, 100%. But he was always pretty crazy. Was he?
3: I mean, I don't know him. So uh, the other thing that really bothered me when I watched that documentary is he's so kind of pretentious in his description of channeling Andy Kaufman. Mm -hmm. And then also, that's not a good movie, and he didn't do a good job in it.
5: (laughs) Yeah, he didn't do a good job, partially because of his method. Like, he wouldn't allow Milos Forman to make the movie that he wanted to make as an expert in directing. Right, like a <laughs> like, really
3: great season director, yeah.
5: Yeah, he just wore him down, and he wore everybody down. And it's like, I like the scenes with Jerry Lawler where he's just like, Andy and I were friends. You know, like, yeah. he wasn't like this to me all the time. It was just for stage. Yeah. Like, you're just being a dick. <laughs> and then, I don't know, the scenes where Jim Carrey's like, uh, method acting Andy's cancer and, like, Ooh, yeah. making his poor fucking driver, like, carry him out of the car make me so mad. Yeah.
3: No, it was really... It It was bad. But I think that, like, like when Jamie Foxx played uh, Ray Charles or something, he really... Achieved something where it was like you really felt like that was really Ray Charles in the movie like there was Mm -hmm. something he did something incredible with that performance and I think if you deliver that hard you can get away with being kind of pretentious about it but for Jim Carrey who have done such a mediocre job in this movie and then to be so grandiose in his description of how he got to it is -hmm. kind of embarrassing
5: it's true and, and I do think Jim Carrey is a genius, a comedic genius, and a great actor. But yeah, the whole thing is yeah,
4: it's embarrassing. Remember when he hit on Emma Watson in like a weird YouTube video?
3: Mm mm
4: It was Mm-mm. so dumb and creepy. It was like three years ago, and he's like 100 years old, and he's just like, if I was younger, call me. Still, call. it's sad. And then, oh well, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's an eccentric. Yeah. But- he also like killed his ex girlfriend. By getting her drugs, and they just like lost the lawsuit or whatever. But he's had some Yikes. Hollywood darkness for sure, yeah.
5: Um, I think also specifically with like I don't know, Andy Kaufman and Jim Carrey, and even to some extent, like, um, Bill Hicks comics like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it angers me because I know there's only like you've never seen like an alt comic who's a woman who's a, just a dick to everyone right or like she's a genius like it's not a freedom that we get hmm. you have to be like very agreeable even if you're an eccentric mm-hmm. and uh so it just angers me yeah. yeah that's some privilege shit for
4: sure yeah
3: i feel like annie kaufman though like i don't really feel like his thing was so much being a dick to everyone is it was like this impenetrable layer of performance like I've gone down a couple of rabbit holes with him where he I mean he definitely did some shit to rile people up I'm not gonna argue with that but um you know like when you go on letterman or something and it was always hard to tell like what is the level of the put-on like you know there was a put-on happening but it was always hard to know how to engage with it like there was always something really interesting about that to me like that he was a very unique type of performer
5: yeah, and I and I yeah, I don't mean to say that Andy Kaufman was a dick, because it sounds like he was actually pretty nice. But, but by being like that method of a performer, you're always going to be inconvenien- inconveniencing someone. And I just like spend my life trying not, not to bother people. I guess.
4: Yeah, I, I, it would be really fun just to be a huge eccentric asshole. Like women are yeah. gonna do that more.
5: Yep.
3: Amy, I've known you a long time, and uh, this is the first time I've heard that you're not trying to bother people.
5: (laughs) Shut up, Ryan. Exactly.
3: So, anyway, (laughs) um, Louie, played by Danny DeVito. This is also one of these shows when you're like, holy shit, this is the cast of this fucking show? Like, everyone on this show, and this is actually, this might be the last episode before Christopher Lloyd is a regular cast member.
4: Oh, yeah, I forgot.
3: Yeah, he shows up in this season as a regular. He shows up once before then, and then he comes back on. And it, it's it's really soon after this, if not immediately after this. But anyway, the this cast is insane to me yeah. in terms of where everyone yeah. went. So, um, Louis trying to shake down Lotka for the change he finds in the car seats. And he makes him empty his pockets, which is kind of a long bit. All the stuff he finds in his pockets... I like that he finds an old sandwich in his pockets and then (laughs) Louie takes it and eats it. I thought that was pretty good.
4: And a kitten.
3: And a live kitten, yeah.
5: Oh, that kitty was so small. (laughs) Almost as small as Danny DeVito.
4: (laughs) I couldn't believe how young he was in this. Like, he never was that young, but he looks, you know, like 14 in Danny DeVito years.
3: Yeah, Yeah, everyone. Like, even when Judd Hirsch showed up, I was like, Jesus, he's so young. And uh, I watched the show a lot, but I feel like Judd Hirsch, too, now gets cast as an old man. He's always like someone's dad or something, you know? Like, if you want an old Jewish guy, you get Judd Hirsch.
5: Yeah, it's fun to see him as like a love interest.
3: Yeah, and as like a a youthful. He's probably in his 30s in this, but he looks very young. Mm -hmm. So then Elaine Nardo shows up.
4: I think it's funny that her name is Nardo. How come? Because Nards.
3: Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. I like it.
3: <laughs> is that. So Nards is plural, is Nardo singular?
4: Could be. It could be a lady's Nards. I'm so
3: <laughs> that. Processing would be Narda. Oh, yes. That's true, Thank yeah. You. yeah. The masculine and femulin, feminine form of Nards. <laughs>
5: I think Nardo like a fairly common Italian last name. I
4: don't know. It probably is. I'm probably wrong to laugh. <laughs> Nardo. Nards. Wolfman's got Nards.
3: Wolfman's got Nards. So Elaine has been working a lot at the gallery. So par- that's the premise of this show. They do it in the first episode is that everyone who works at this cab company uh, is just moonlighting because they have some other life goal that they're working towards. So, yeah. like, Tony's a boxer, and Bobby's an actor, and Elaine works at a gallery. She wants to be a gallery manager. And uh, and then Alex Rieger, who's Judd Hurst, that's his sort of unique thing, is he's the only one that is just a cab driver. That's sort of the yeah. line in the first episode, and he's like, this is just what I do. But he's also the linchpin. Like, he's everyone's kind of guru at the place. He's, like, a little bit older than everyone, and he's got a lot of wisdom, and everyone comes to him all the time.
5: And that's, like, a very real thing. Yeah. When I think back on, like, all the shitty jobs I've had. Yeah. That guy is always there. Yep.
3: Well, and they – it happened because the, the creators wanted to make a show about a cab, cab drivers, and they went to a, a, a garage, and they met people, and they met a guy like that. Like, oh. they based him on a real guy, and that me, I'm just a cab driver was, like, a true thing that happened.
5: Yeah. I mean I think in real life there are the percentage of just cab drivers in a company like that would be much higher. Sure, yeah. But yeah.
3: Well there's also always like thirty other cab drivers that don't have any lines, so Yeah. We, we can assume <laughs> that they uh you know, they uh they're less ambitious in their lives. Yeah but uh oh and this is a james l brooks show is one of the other last things i'll say about it is that and you can really feel it that it is like that's all the development and the a lot of the kind of methods behind the series i think is very james l Brooksy. so as is cheers and early simpsons and mary tyler moore all those shows that are kind of james l brooks stuff always has like a heart to it i feel like a hundred
5: percent yeah, yeah. He's the best. He's the best in the biz.
3: He's up there for sure. So Elaine has uh, been working a bunch and she's catching up with everybody because she hasn't seen them and they all just still suck at everything they do. Ah. Um, and then she's going to play poker with them all. And then uh, she just, it's funny, like she keeps getting calls and having to do all this stuff and it's like, well, she should just have an iPhone, you know, like.
1: <laughs> but oh
5: it'd be so much easier well
3: it wouldn't though but i feel like this what we see with her where she's like trying to play poker and she keeps having to get up and go to the phone. i feel like everyone's like that all the time now it's just, <sighs> it's just that we're all just getting messages on our phone all the time
4: you don't have to answer them all.
3: I guess Or so. even look at
4: it when you get it. You can you can turn on and off your phone or just keep it out of your hand.
5: Yeah, but it is also like if you, ha- I mean, it's true. If you had a job like that, it would be a lot easier with an iPhone to be away from it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could still, like, solve problems
4: from afar. Yeah. Or turn your iPhone into Danny DeVito. That would be convenient.
3: I know. (laughs) I (laughs) wish my, uh, every time, instead of the beeping, it would be like, Nardo! Hey!
4: You can do that.
3: Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Now I don't want it. Now that I can have it, I don't want
4: it. I I just want a phone case that's, like, four feet even tall. It's just, like, Danny DeVito nude.
3: (laughs) Well... I'm sure there's a website where you can order that.
4: Yeah, thanks Etsy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so uh, it's made of hemp, but um, <laughs>
4: I'm gonna smoke this shit out of it.
3: I just feel like um, this method of constant multitasking that we're seeing here is like such a a bad way of living. Has become so like normalized and ingrained into our everyday lives.
4: That's true. It's getting there.
3: Uh, speaking of things that are not normalized anymore. So then Elaine gets to mes- goes to get her messages from Louis, and he just straight up sexually harasses her for laughs.
2: Nardo, messages have been coming in in droves for you. Yeah. I got eleven of them. Oh. Count eleven.
0: I'm sorry, Louis. Well, here's eleven dollars.
2: Money, Nardo. Let's not sully our relationship. You make me feel so tortured.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. so what do you want?
2: How about coming up to my place tonight? We'll go crazy. <laughs> Here's your money. I'm wearing
5: a down. Oh, yeah. He always... He, he's having a good time.
3: But it's interesting to me. I mean, this is... Uh, it's, I don't know, it's it's kind of like when you see like a lot of homophobia on 90s shows and it's no big deal. I mean, I think sexual harassment still hasn't gone out of style as much as it needs to. But it's weird to see this just being a joke and how much you just couldn't do this at all anymore.
5: Yeah, well you can still do it in real life, just not on television shows. Uh...
3: Well, I wouldn't recommend it.
5: No, no, I'm not recommending it.
3: So, what you're saying, Amy, is you condone sexual harassment.
5: I'm saying that, like, the number of interactions you would have like that at, like, a shitty job still
3: mm-hmm.
5: are, like, it's a lot.
3: Do you feel like that's changing a lot right now, though, or do you think not really?
5: Um, yeah, it's changing a little bit.
3: <laughs> I don't know.
5: <laughs>
4: also depends on, like, what industry you work in, you know? Yeah,
3: yeah. Probably. Yeah, like,
4: we don't know if it's stopping. We just know sometimes people get in trouble for it, and yeah. sometimes they don't. Yeah. And by people, I mean men, generally.
3: Sure. Uh, but yeah,
5: I wasn't shocking to see Louie do it, obviously.
3: It's just weird how, like, I watched this show in the 90s all the time, and I mean, it's not like I was, like, yeah, sexually harass her, you know, <laughs> but, like, I knew it was, like, portraying something that wasn't cool. But I also you could still see it as a as a joke or as a humorous situation, yeah. And I feel like you can't even can't even look at this as a, a something that is even trying to be funny anymore.
5: Yeah, I mean that's probably different if you were a woman too, because I never. I mean, aside from just like I probably didn't think that was funny when I was a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. It's also just um, like it was so overdone at the time that yeah, it's like not even good comedy really to have those moments
3: yeah i mean the only thing that makes it kind of i don't want to say work but um is that louie's whole character is he's like a piece of shit so it's yeah it's in character for him and they actually do a uh, i don't know i would wonder how that one would hold up because there's an episode where he kind of goes too far in harassing her
5: that's um i mean a longer conversation but that's sort of something that it's I mean, it's not great for that to go away. Like, there was a, there were people complaining about the new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm because Larry is still a dick and, like, a cad and, like, talks about women's bodies and stuff, and people were mad. Mm-hmm. And Larry David was just like, he's always been like this. Mm-hmm. This is who his character is, and nobody complained about it, you know, five years ago when it was on the air. And, like, that's how far we've come in five years. Yeah. It's like... You can't even really have a character who would behave like that,
3: right? Yeah,
5: which is weird. I mean, I think that's too bad because then you're limiting, like, the number of real life characters that you can
4: portray because those guys do exist. And yeah, plus it's so much easier to tell a story when you can get some friction from a dick. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I like those kinds of stories, dick but dick friction, um, dick friction stories. <laughs> But, I mean, too, like, it depends on what you're doing. Because if it's just like, oh, it's so funny that he harasses her, then, like, I can get with not supporting that. But, um, I can support not supporting that. But if it's, like, uh, if there's a, like, a a, a thing you should learn from seeing this shitty behavior, then I can more, you know... Like, there's so there's an episode where he goes too far in harassing her, and then he has to, like, uh make himself vulnerable to her at the end and he has this whole monologue about how he has to shop in the boys section for clothes and uh. what the- <laughs> you guys are terrible <laughs> never mind you just
5: said he was a harasser
3: yeah that's true but um I mean, and it's yeah. weird it's, a- it's weird because it humanizes him but then i was thinking about that like in our current climate like do we want to have sympathy for the harasser or should it just you know it's interesting well
5: it's always more effective of a story or there's more of a lesson if like the other character pushes back so i don't remember that episode specifically but just thinking about like sam malone and like um you know diane and also rebecca like they didn't really put up with that shit but he was definitely doing stuff that a boss could not do oh yeah yeah (laughs) talking to them and and other women in really inappropriate ways, and so I think part of the problem is that Mary Lou Henner doesn't like usually react. Hmm. She just kind of takes it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Well, so. Um...
5: And she's asking for it, oh. frankly. Oh. No.
3: <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> So then, uh, Bobby and Tony talk about their personal lives, and it's and Tony hilarious. Tony
5: Danza's so cute. <laughs>
1: Beautiful.
3: Dare I tell you guys how much I, I just have, like, a dad fantasy about Tony Danza? Like, <laughs> you too, I huh? just, I wish he was my dad. I don't know why even, but I just feel he like...
5: He seems really great, and don't know if you know this, but his brother lives in my building. What? But... Yeah.
3: What's his <laughs> and, name? Jimmy Danza?
5: Uh... I don't know his first name actually.
3: How do you even his know it's his name? brother?
5: Well, <laughs> a few reasons. Okay. Yeah. First, when I was first coming to look at the apartment and I was in the front office, this guy came in in like a like a de- like a tracksuit and was very Italian and very gregarious and as soon as he left, the manager was like Tony Danza's brother, and I was like, "Sign me up."
3: Was he like, "Oh, Amy, what am I gonna do with all this gabba Cool?" Oh!
5: <laughs> but then also, he constantly sits at the pool and talks about his brother. Oh, my <laughs> god. That's and all I want to do. I is heard the him. Pool. I heard him telling a lady one day that Tony Danza was the first person to bring a karaoke machine to California. Uh-huh. <laughs> He was like, my brother Tony, you know, he he travels, he goes to Japan, he finds this machine where you sing and you look at the words. He brings it to California. It's a hit. (laughs)
3: Thank you, Tony Danza. That's amazing. Hey, Amy, I'm coming to visit you in June, and do you think that he'll be by the pool?
5: I really hope so. He's often out there. He's either usually by the pool or in the gym.
3: Dude, I am going to meet him.
5: He definitely talks about it loudly on purpose. Oh, my
3: God. I I'll be like the one person that's like,
4: tell me more, tell me more. Yeah. Ryan's going to be wearing probably... a taxi Speedo and I just, will. like, putting it in Tony Danza's brother's face.
3: I'll be in my taxi <laughs> banana hammock. Like, tell me what a, what, what other inventions to did Tony Danza home. bring to the people?
5: <laughs> you have to find a girlfriend to make you the Tony Speedo.
3: Well.
4: <laughs> you can do it yourself, Ryan.
3: I'm going to have to. But, um... Uh, so
4: they're playing cards
3: so they're playing cards and then uh, so then Alex played by Jed Hirsch is like uh, hey Elaine Nardo I can't help but notice your manic behavior and she's not yeah. really she's not really trying to hear it um, and then she's just she takes off she's got all this shit to do but she's gonna have this art opening and everyone's invited in one of the rare cases that there's another set on this show
5: and she's had like eight cups of coffee
3: yeah, she has. That's true.
5: And they don't want her to have any more coffee. That's
3: true. That's kind of a lot of coffee, so I can get with that. <laughs> so then all the guys come to the opening. They do this a couple times where they all kind of come to her art thing and they're like fish out of water, like there are these schlubby cab drivers.
5: It's really cute, though. And I also like going back a little bit to Alex. Like, there's a really great line where someone's like oh what did you do and he's like i saw a bad play in a short fight oh yeah you get the feeling that he constantly supports them in all of their endeavors and always shows up yeah so this is like another time that they're just like supporting each other
3: yeah totally it's beautiful also he's got nothing else going on no Um, nothing (laughs) so they they come early and they they come to eat all the snacks which i related to
4: Tony Danza mm-hmm. has tin foil in his pocket, which is the best way to steal or dirt.
3: <laughs> he knows what he's doing.
4: I was gonna say I really appreciate just the general look of the set. First of all, uh, Reba's jumpsuit is beautiful. Oh yeah, and just like the so the art gallery has like a big glass triangle and then a big glass marble looking thing, which might be an allusion to the title of this episode, Nardo's Marbles. Oh yeah. Or whatever, but, ah. right, right? and overall I still did that art and I'm like this is pretty good art for me <laughs> I've seen it <laughs> mall, you know in Portland Yeah, sort of ship, and I'm like no this is good this is totally cromulent gallery art and yeah. something about the filter on the lens these days just like makes the champagne glasses shine really good mm-hmm. very aesthetic scene for me
5: but that artist was a real lunatic. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. So well, so Bobby's trying to fuck one of the artists, and mm-hmm. then the other artist is like, oh, "I gotta take my paintings off the wall. They're not finished," which uh, I guess is among the worst things that could happen if you curated a gallery opening.
4: And that guy's been in a million things. It was that actor him before he went bald, right? You could just see his hairline starting to go, and you'd recognize mm-hmm. him so much more in five years.
3: Yeah. Oh, really? Who was it? I'll look. Um, oh, I thought you
4: knew it. We didn't need a cracked research team.
3: Well, I know a lot of taxi trivia, but I, I don't know who all the uh, tertiary characters in this I'm episode are. I'm look you know.
4: to the orphan. You got it, Amy? You got it, too?
5: Yeah, his name is Robert Picardo. Ooh. Um. <laughs> so he's been in oh, so much stuff. He's been in a lot of Star Trek. Oh, he's fucking Babylon. He's the, yeah, he's Dr. Lu- Wait.
3: Oh, Doctor. that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't recognize him with his hair either. Yeah. But I think
5: he's also like in some Seinfeld episodes and just a, you know, just a bunch of shit.
3: Yeah, he's bunch just one of those guys that's been in. Uh... He was the voice of Harvey Dent on the Justice League cartoon.
5: Yeah, his IMDb is like incredibly.
3: He's long. in Hail Caesar, but he was um on one of the Star Trek series, right? wasn't he like um, a yeah. Some yeah, doctor he was on Voyager? On,
5: um Voyager. There we go. Voyager. Mm-hmm.
3: Very well. So then uh and Jeff Conway's dead, huh? Was he,
4: he the is? one that was in Greece and got hooked on pills? Uh or
3: that's yeah. Tim Conway. It's no so
4: sad. The same no, guy?
3: it's Jeff Conway, yeah. And he was on Celebrity Rehab a couple times, but Yay. yeah, he died.
4: He was already a mess by celebrity rehab. Like,
5: oh that you know, guy. Ryan, relevant to your interests, he's also the coach in the Wonder Years. Oh,
3: that's who it is, and he's the one that uh, plays Santa at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we just take a minute for that Netflix took the Wonder Years off, and that it's hard. It's just been hard.
5: Even though I bought you the DVDs, and like I still 10 years have ago.
3: those DVDs, these bootleg DVDs off eBay. Um, So
1: bootleg. Yeah,
3: but computers (laughs) don't even have DVD drives anymore, because I I like to put them on when I'm going to sleep.
5: That's true. You have to, like, watch it in a
4: PlayStation or whatever. I know.
3: It's really... That's been hard, man. That's all I want to say. But I do still have those DVDs, Amy.
4: Just, like, trying to put a CD in a phone.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just try to... I just put the CD on the Netflix screen. (laughs) Just read it. Um... So, so they're at the gallery, as often happens in shows like, uh, people just have incredible outbursts all the time on <laughs> old sitcoms. I gotta say, yeah. not very restrained in their presence. So I like it. The champagne is <laughs> the champagne is flat. Some hoity-toity piece of shit is like Miss Nardo, the champagne is flat, huh? And she's just like fuck you, and lo- totally loses her shit.
4: She like and blows like, bubbles with her mouth into his cup.
3: That was pretty good. Oh,
5: yeah. She's like, you want bubbles? Here's some bubbles. It's like one of the, one of my most memorable TV moments, for sure. And
4: then she did it with her asshole, which I really remembered.
3: I know. She just sparks <laughs> right into it.
5: <laughs> but it is one of those moments where you're like, I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't compare women, but she is sort of like the original Elaine. Like, I do think mm-hmm. Julia Louis-Dreyfus borrowed from a lot of people, but she's... It's a really, it's like a thing that Elaine Bennis would do.
3: Hmm. Well, I, again, I think just people doing really uh, abrasive things that you should never do is just a sitcom staple in general, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just blow into his thing with your mouth, like, and then start (laughs) shouting at him and make someone carry you out.
4: It's very theatrical. Yeah. And the guy who was complaining was like an artist. And I guess that speaks to my generation's economy that, like, no artist would ever complain about the free booze at a gallery. They're just like more. Glug, glug, glug.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this $2 wine is great.
4: <laughs> Shit glug. But I miss that.
5: And I, I feel like a lot of also seventies and eighties sitcoms had actors who were theater actors in addition and Broadway actors and, and Mary Lou Henner at definitely is. And you can see that like, I was just like, oh, I really miss this style of acting in sitcoms where it is kind of over the top, but Mm -hmm. it's like, it's good, you know? It's just like turned up to 11.
3: Yeah, well, sitcoms used to feel... I feel like maybe this is towards the end of that sitcoms kind of felt like a play
5: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And now they're just all, like, kind of mumblecore or whatever. Like, oh, look how normal these people are. They're, like, people you know. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. (laughs) But
3: they're also more like a movie now. Like, they're filmed differently. They're not just, like, one set with four cameras on it anymore, you know, and an audience. Like, that's not as much of a thing, I think, right?
5: That's true. And people keep trying to bring it back. Mm -hmm. And then it's also, like, even though we, like, I might miss this, then, I don't know if you saw um, Disjointed. Mm-mm. It's on Netflix, but they tried to do that, like, you know, two-camera live audience sitcom mm-hmm. in this one set, and it's, like, really
4: bad. Yeah, all I've heard is people don't like it.
5: <laughs> I feel bad saying that because I have friends in it, but it's, like, it's just not supposed to be like that anymore, so it feels really cheesy.
3: Oh, yeah, it's like, well, it's like, uh... You're no longer, like, using what you have anymore. Now it's, like, this throwback thing that we don't need anymore.
4: Yeah. That's cute. Um, They tried, though.
3: (laughs) Well, that's, like, um, we don't speak of him anymore, but uh, there was that show Lucky Louie on HBO. Uh, and that was an attempt to kind of do a like a honeymooner style, like old school sitcom again. With mm-hmm. the, the staging. I, I
5: loved that show. I mean, it didn't work and it failed, but I thought it was great. That was like the first time I ever saw Louie.
3: Oh, yeah. The uh, first time you saw him before he jerked off at you?
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the many times. One of the
3: many, yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say that was a, uh, a piece of trivia is Mary Lou Henner has total recall.
4: What do you mean? Like I mean, a photographic memory?
3: I mean, you could be like, hey, Mary Lou Henner, what did you do on April 8th, 1987? And she would be able to tell you everything that happened that day.
5: Oh, whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah,
3: I don't know if she still has it because she's got to be pretty old now, but that was the thing she famously uh, has She's an interesting person, and she was in a relationship with John Travolta for a long time.
5: Yeah, that's so cool. So
3: not only does she have total recall... But she loves to date gay men.
5: <laughs> well, a lot of us would like that to work out, but it just doesn't. <laughs> it's true.
3: It's like his nails are clean, but he just wants to go to sleep. So, uh, oh, yeah. And then there's like this footage of Alex driving the cab outside, which was interesting to me. Like, oh, shit. They, here's some uh, outside footage. What yeah, is- it
5: was really weird that they were out in that cab.
3: Yeah. So then there's this shot of them, and I think they do a lot of these on the show. Not as many as you'd think, but there's a lot of uh, in-the-cab scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he he tells Elaine he wants her to see a psychiatrist, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the difference between a psychiatrist and a therapist. Mm -hmm.
1: Because
3: I don't know if this is just of the time, but it seems like she should be going to a therapist and not a psychiatrist.
5: I do think that there was less of a difference then. Because if you think about any, like, 70s, 80s movies or TV shows, like, it's all, people talk about their psychiatrist or their analyst, mainly. Yeah. And not like, I'm seeing a behavioral therapist or a psychologist. I think that was normal for the time.
3: Okay, yeah. So then a therapist, maybe that just has become more of a popular term for, like, a lesser form of psychological help or something.
5: Yeah, or I think once it started to be separated out where like a your therapist might not necessarily give you drugs that mm-hmm. became more of a thing. Oh, I
3: can see that. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Cuz th- that's the difference, right? Like Is it? I thought so. I th- I thought a psychiatrist can prescribe you like chemicals for your brain and mm. a therapist is just for talking.
3: Um, that sounds about right. Yeah. I, b- I believe you.
5: Well, I need both, okay? Sure, well, we all do,
3: yeah. <laughs> don't don't get me started. But, uh... So she's like, I don't need help. And he's like, no, you really do. And then she tries to fuck him. Mm-hmm. And, uh... And he's like, banging me is just a way to avoid your problems.
5: I know, he's such a good guy. I know!
3: Because
5: you would have banged her, right? Who, me? Yeah.
3: Um... No, probably not. Um, yeah, you would. No, I'm learning... <laughs> Jesus Christ, Amy, you're terrible. <laughs> no, I'm learning a lot about myself these days and how I, I won't take advantage of someone's unwellness.
5: Well, yeah, but it's also... <laughs> sure, sure, sure.
3: But um, sometimes
5: yeah. it's hard to tell, but um, Alex is a very um emotionally mature man.
3: Yeah, totally. It's very true. I feel like definitely the rules are changing a lot right now too, like in general, like in terms of what men, like I don't think I'll ever have sex with anyone when I'm drunk ever again, probably.
5: But it's so fun. Yeah, you
4: can't do that. You though. can't
3: do it anymore. It just seems like that's I just, can do it. Well, you can, but um <laughs>
4: You could have prior consent, you know.
3: I mean, like, I would, like I would long have... Long
4: term, but not like I an have, initial hookup anymore. You know? That's what
3: I'm saying. I would have sex with someone I've had sex with before if we're drunk. Um, mm-hmm. If, like, in the right situation. But, yeah, I wouldn't just, like, go on a date with a stranger and we both get drunk and have sex with them. Like, I think that shit's done.
1: Yeah. And That's uh,
3: probably
4: a good idea.
3: Yeah, probably. And then in the same vein, if someone is <laughs> under duress...
4: In the same dick vein.
3: In the same dick vein, (laughs) uh, the untouched dick vein, uh, I feel like, yeah, if someone's in a bad space and they're trying to avoid their issues with sex, I would not engage with that.
4: That's just because they're going to get more crazy later if you do.
3: Well, that's not why, Carol. That's
4: why. (laughs) That's half of it. Come on. It's a reasonable reason.
3: I'm trying to It's
5: hard though, man, sometimes with coworkers. If you work a lot and those are the only people that you see, and then it's like let's just do it.
3: I've always avoided sex with coworkers, I gotta say. I have
5: not. No.
3: (laughs) Will you tell us about every coworker you've ever had sex with?
5: (laughs) No. Adam's sitting in the room right now.
3: Yeah, is that that's your, your gentleman?
5: But he's one. He was my coworker. Yeah, it's just like you know where. I mean, where else do you meet people too? And she's like the only lady cab driver at yeah. this company. Like, <laughs> at least she's not trying to fuck Tony Danza or something. Well,
3: what does that mean? Because who doesn't want to fuck Tony Danza?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's like this sweet dumb little boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Judd Hirsch is definitely the best of that crew to be trying to fuck.
3: Do you agree with that, Carol? If you're going to fuck one of these guys, it would be Judd Hirsch. I
4: don't have the hots for Judd Hirsch. I would fuck baby boy punch drunk Tony Danza. And...
3: What about Jeff Conaway?
4: No, no I've seen Celebrity Rehab. Like,
3: well, that's later. He's so...
5: No, but he his character, he's so vain and yeah. annoying.
3: Yeah. What about uh, Randall Carver as John, who mysteriously disappears from the series?
4: Is he the hair guy who they tried to make the lead, but then he just kind of faded out? like the
3: blonde hair and the denim Uh they didn't try to make him the lead. I think I think he I don't know if he has blonde hair. I don't
4: remember this person. Yeah, there's
3: See, a no character one knows who oh. he is He's just mysterious. Yes, I do. There's a character He's like in the very first sweet, season. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. He's yeah. like sort of like a country boy and he marries a woman that he just met and that's part of his kind of storyline. Yeah. And then he just uh, isn't on the show anymore. Like there's never, it's never addressed or anything. Cause some oh, people. Yeah, that
5: episode where they're at the bar and they like dare him to propose or something. Yeah. I think I, I remember
1: there's that. There's an episode
3: where they're talking, he sees this woman and he wants to ask her out and then they tell him the perfect pickup line. And it's, uh, it's basically like an immediate marriage proposal. And then she's like, okay. And then they sort of do this like game of chicken where they actually get married um, and then they stay married and then there's later episodes in the series of them kind of like trying to work it out cause they're married and that's oh, yeah. kind of part of their storyline. And, uh, <laughs> and then I don't know what the hell happened to them.
5: <laughs> I really want to try to find out what that line was cause I can't remember it. Oh, the, the
3: I know what it is cause I've seen the show too much. What is it? He says, let's skip the preliminaries. I know that's the first part, because they change it. He says something else, let's skip the preliminaries and I think maybe and and just get married or and get engaged or something like that. But I remember it being let's skip the preliminaries. Here's what you do.
2: You walk up to him, tap her on the shoulder, and she turns around and you say, Wanna waste time. Let's get
1: married. I think
2: it's it's
0: witty, it's entertaining,
2: and it's got married. <laughs> <laughs> it. The line has everything.
5: <laughs> hey, you know what? I got a better one.
2: What? You go
3: up and you say, "Let's cut the preliminaries. You want to get married?
1: You know that is
3: better. That's shorter anyway.
1: And hey,
2: we just we just on the wheel." <laughs>
4: That's like less of a pickup line than a red flag
3: <laughs> Well again That's a lot of what the 70s TV is about Is the difference between What is now a red flag That was once a pickup line Because Times have changed Oh how God. times have changed So um, Elaine goes to the psychiatrist Who is played by Tom Ewell E-W-E-L-L He's dead <laughs>
5: He's a real nut.
3: He was in the seven-year itch. Huh.
5: He's great because he just seems like a real therapist and not an actor.
3: <laughs> yeah, he does a pretty good job. But he's one of those guys that's been around for a while. So he's got a sad clown painting in his office.
4: Yeah. Which is a good sign for a therapist.
3: Yeah. Well, and then oh, it turns out he painted it.
5: Right?
3: And she... But he
5: didn't paint it because those those paintings are like so famous and i don't it, It's just weird that maybe they... it's
4: like a paint by numbers probably
5: <laughs> so yeah technically probably he did
4: paint it but it was like in the sad clowns book of numbers like yeah
3: totally totally so then uh, she wants him to sign a note about how she doesn't need treatment so she can give it to alex that's her whole approach to the uh therapy and he's like, all right, well, I'll just ask you questions to fill the time, because that's fine. Uh, so he gets her to sit down, and then he just asks her about herself. And uh, so, well, what did you guys think of the scene? How this all plays out? Uh,
5: um, I love it. I thought yeah. he was really believable. Mm-hmm. And actually, I got kind of choked up during this scene. Yeah. Mostly... Yeah, mostly when she's talking about how she's doing all this stuff, but then, like, how she says, like, all the guys always come to me, Mm -hmm. like, everybody comes to me for help at work and stuff, so she's, like, raising her kids and doing all these jobs, but then, like, she's the only lady there, and so the guys
4: at work like always, ask her for advice and stuff. She's doing all the emotional labor. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, it felt very familiar. Right? and then the dot. She's like, you wouldn't know what it's like. Everybody coming to you to the. Oh therapist. yeah, that's
3: a good line. Yeah. And yeah. then how she keeps going. How it's like this monologue, and then she really has kind of a break, and she's like, yeah. they had these little brothers, and they always, and just like how like Rod is?
4: Yeah, the way mm-hmm. it starts comedically, and then it like tilts up, and then when she actually starts like sobbing while she's talking, it's a very great buildup of tension, and then this break. She, she did a really great job with this scene. It wasn't corny.
0: I don't need anybody's help. I'm the kind of person that other people come to for help. So I must be pretty solid, right? I mean, the kids come to me, and, and the guys. Yeah, it gets to be a bit much, you know, uh, I mean, you don't know what it's like everybody coming to you with their problems.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and, and sometimes I'll admit that I, I feel like getting in my cab, you know, and, and just driving and driving and driving and, and going someplace where nobody knows me and, and nobody wants anything from me. And because it just it just gets so tired of being a grown up, you know. And I've been doing it since I was eight years old. Because <laughs> I had, like three little brothers, you know, and they used to come to me all the time. <laughs> and you know, sometimes,
1: sometimes I think I can just get a hot day. <laughs> oh, God, sometimes I really, <laughs> oh, God.
0: You must think I'm in bad shape.
2: No, not really. <laughs>
5: good and sign a note <laughs> and th- that's like the benefit of these this format and having real actors is that it's like it seems really silly when they're over the top comedically but then they can really deliver on drama when it shows up yeah. and and now it's always like you know if you watch i don't know like a show like master of none or something where it's like comedy people and then they try to do something serious and you're like oh you cannot act yeah. you know
3: hmm.
5: it's just like yeah she's so good in it
3: yeah she really delivers and again that's kind of a james l Brooksy thing i think too like how the characters can be kind of cartoonish and then they can also be really human and relatable mm-hmm. um because i felt too like the stuff she talks about i mean uh, was pretty like universal like i related to a lot of uh Just feeling piled on and feeling like uh, you have all these kind of root causes that you're just carrying with you all the time that just continue to contribute to your difficulty and process. And just wanting to let it out, just being heard. Therapy is just about being heard, really. Mm
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because no one else in her life is going to listen to her. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I thought it was just kind of an amazing scene.
5: So good.
3: And I feel like it kind of sneak attacks you, too. Like, it's almost like, oh, where is this going? And then she has this whole break, and you're just like, oh, wow. Like, it really hits you.
5: Yeah. I know. I was totally pretending. Tears. Not to cry. (laughs) Right?
3: And then it ends with good levity, too. And then she's like, am I crazy? And he's like, no. And she's like, well, then sign the note. And it's like such a good... uh...
5: It's so funny.
3: Yeah. And then I like to... Because one thing that sitcoms do that really bothers me, uh, like, if this were an episode of Full House, uh, that would be it. You know, she would (laughs) say that stuff to the therapist for three minutes, and then she would be fine after that. And that it's actually that she just continues to go and work shit out. Like, it's not about go to therapy once. It's about, like, go to therapy and take care of yourself, you know?
5: Yeah. But she is still interested in... Alex's well attention. so she goes
3: to so the next scene is at the garage and she's wearing the sexy dress that he told her he noticed her in before um
5: which is such a move and it's totally a move yeah. that i've done but it's like so shitty because she's not planning on like pursuing right. anything with him so it's just like oh i know that i can get this specific attention and he already mentioned it so i'm gonna like use it all that well.
3: just
4: to give him blue balls pretty
3: mean i know mm-hmm. it's pretty terrible
4: but her therapist recommended she give five men blue balls for her homework
3: mm-hmm.
4: so <laughs> oh that's good she's just figuring yeah. out her life goals
3: well and she's like thanks for not fucking me when i was all vulnerable
5: yeah well it's so rare that a man would uh have such restraint that <laughs> it makes sense she would Give him an award, which for is it. to
3: not fuck him.
5: Well, just to thank him, and then also oh, wear yeah. his favorite dress, so he can,
3: so he can go jerk <laughs> off later. Um,
4: that's the reward that keeps on giving.
3: Yeah. Well, also, like the relationship between Alex and Nardo, that's kind of carries throughout the series, actually. And, yeah. Uh, and they 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 pretty much definitely fuck later on at least at least once
4: do they have a whole episode where you can see it like full penetration
3: yeah it's like a close-up of their genitalia (laughs) no but there's an episode where they go to europe together and she's having a really good time and he's not and it's a pretty bad episode actually it's got this really corny song that they keep playing throughout it but at the end of the episode they pretty overtly have sex in the butt well is that is there another way (laughs)
5: um well i think also what we're learning from elaine on this episode is that they're kind of the same because they're the two people they're basically mom and dad right like they're the two people that all these guys always go Mm -hmm. to for everything and so sometimes in that situation you're like well it just makes sense for us to hook up or for us to be together because we're like the two Mm grown-ups here Even if it doesn't really make sense. But I think that that's why we learn that, like, you know, people rely on her so much. Because then you're like, oh, they're just mom Hmm. and dad.
3: I can see that. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, leaving it open, like, that they don't fuck at the end. It's just not, hey, thanks for not fucking me. Well, let's go fuck. It's sort of um, part of, like, a much larger narrative throughout the series.
5: Mm Mm-hmm. Where she gives him more blue balls for years time. to come. Well, but also
3: they're friends and they're close in these ways, so maybe it wouldn't be appropriate for them to have sex, but they also are attracted to each other. It's just like a complicated relationship, you know? And I think like yeah. any sitcom, if they started, if they entered into a relationship together, it would kind of ruin the show a little bit.
5: Yeah, you ha- once you break the tension, then it's you, you have to build it somewhere else. So, it's easier to just yeah. keep it.
3: And it's more interesting as sort of like a wavering, ambiguous relationship, you know, than uh, calling it as something. I'm sorry, what were you going to say?
5: Oh, I was just going to say, like, when Zach and Lisa fuck, it's like pretty pointless. Well, they never even you know. mention it again. <laughs> I know.
3: That was hard.
5: <laughs> they they could have just left that out well, least, forever. Sort it would have been did. fine.
3: Well, it's.
1: But they fucked Zach so has much. to
3: fuck everyone on the show. It's the only thing that works. He yeah, fucked yeah. every single cast member. <laughs> and um, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I related to all of these things. Like, just having the kind of emotional bad thing and, like, trying to fuck your platonic friend <laughs> as a sign of emotional mm-hmm. duress... And, uh,
4: oh yeah, and, we've all uh, just
3: all that. of it. Like it just.
4: Thank God it never uh-huh. happened to us. Well,
3: um, yeah. <laughs> to any of
4: us with any of each other. No that's offense, true. both of you.
3: All three of us on this show have never had sex with each other. It's Let's beautiful.
4: have a platonic, not doing it three-way podcast. Oh, We're doing it right now. It? Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Um,
5: but I think it's also it's good that they keep that tension because that's more yeah. true to life. Like you don't always get to just fuck the person that you want yeah, fuck. but they
3: pretty much definitely fuck later on but also uh she ends up with wallace sean at the end of the series
4: what? inconceivable He <laughs> must
3: <laughs> have a great personality yeah that's sort of the point like they kind of make a point of it that like why is she with this guy but he's wallace sean man yeah he's yeah. the best so then there, and then there's like a weird throwaway final gag i'm not even sure why <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: oh with vodka.
5: yeah it is weird
3: and, uh he said he's been going to the podiatrist because he's been having bad dreams <laughs> and and then yes. it's like oh you met psychiatrist but you went to the podiatrist but then he's like oh that's why he told me to wear looser shoes but also it cured his bad dreams <laughs>
5: I mean, I laughed a lot.
3: <laughs> I didn't laugh a lot.
5: It's just like, oh, I, I mean, I laughed a normal <laughs> I laughed um, a normal amount. But it is in a weird spot. I think sometimes there's just, like, like great sitcom writers, like, there were so many good jokes they mm-hmm. could have used that then they're like, let's just shoehorn this last one in.
4: Get it? Dietrich, shoehorn.
3: Oh, wow. <laughs> oh man! Yeah,
4: I, I have to say I've seen a podiatrist, and wearing looser shoes is mostly what they tell you. Free tip, and it's a really great note. Just like make All sure right. you have enough wiggle room in your shoes, and you're not messing up your feet. There's one to grow on, America.
3: Oh, thanks, Carol. You're welcome. Uh, thanks, Carol. Thanks, Carol. Thank you. um, you're welcome.
4: I like being thanked. I like getting an award for not fucking my vulnerable friends and for <laughs> knowing one medical
3: thing. Carol, I bet you. Fucked a vulnerable friend before
4: Ew. I don't know comes to mind I think I was the vulnerable friend Getting fucked
3: You were the vulnerable friend
4: I know oh. I have
3: Amy's been like Ah oh, so and so is really hurting right now Damn. <laughs> It's about to
4: hurt more on the dick
3: So, uh, oh, I also think like formats of shows have changed. Like there aren't, there isn't like a thirty-second spot at the beginning or the end to throw where they toss in a throwaway thing as much, you know? Like, because this is all about like ad placement too. Like, okay, we're gonna have one more commercial break, and then there's gonna be one last thing, and then we'll do the end credits, and we'll have another commercial break, and then another show will start. Like, you know, there 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 were kind of designated spots for things like it was part of the format before.
5: Yeah, it all it always kinda broke my heart a little bit to see like one little one more mm-hmm. little thing. Like I was just like, I already
4: know it's <laughs> over. Like
3: let's just fucking <laughs> be Don't
4: done with it. Now I like the stinger. Yeah I like getting your money out of that Kaufman.
3: Yeah, Andy Kaufman. Yeah, his role on this show is really odd, but we've said enough. So anyway.
4: But it
5: was yeah, but you know, it was a common thing to do. Perfect strangers. It's funny to just be like a white guy playing a wacky Oh, corner. Yeah, that aspect. Also
4: in Short Circuit.
3: Oh, uh, well, that was an oh, Indian yeah. man, so it's a little worse.
4: No, it's just so straight he wasn't up latkes. really Indian.
3: <laughs> no, but Latka's from a fictional country, so it's like whatever. Oh, so yeah. So is
5: Valke.
4: Yeah, I wonder if they know each other. Uh,
3: not anymore. Not but, all Mipos um, people
4: know each other, you guys.
3: I know. But also, uh, That Latka was based on a character Andy Kaufman would do. So it wasn't just like, uh, you know, they they built this character around a, a routine he'd been doing for a while.
5: Which is really cool. And I think something that almost never has happened and probably never will happen again. Like, that happens for sure if you, like, are a cast member on SNL or something. You know, you're like... These are things I've already been, characters I've already been doing at UCB for years. But usually if, if you come onto a sitcom, like, all the characters are kind of fleshed out and you're just being, like, molded into those, you can't be like, oh, I've been doing this in my stand-up routine. Oh, really? You know, unless the show's, like, centered around you. But I think that's super rare that he was hmm. able to do well, that. Well, and
3: I think the show kind of gets hurt by it, too, because, like, later they do a thing where he has multiple personalities, so he gets to, like have different They're characters there. and it's very cartoonish like
5: like stefan or Cash. yeah
3: it's like the og what was his name on the i don't remember he plays like this suave guy that he starts being and then they do this it's there's some fucking weird episodes of taxi like there's the Damn. one
5: oh i think his name's tony No, because
3: that's that's a different <laughs> thing i know what you're talking about but yeah I'm just but no he develops like this other personality um
5: yeah i remember that i don't yeah, remember they bring
3: it back though. a few times there's also an episode where Ladka is making cookies that everyone's really into and then everyone's like acting all weird and then it turns out they're full of cocaine oh what
4: yeah. i was expecting <laughs> weed cookies that's
3: no we I'm could do that episode delicious and then at the end he has a hallucinogenic conversation with famous amos who comes down from the sky
1: Whoa.
5: And
3: like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he floats away at the end. Because
5: we all know how you hallucinate <laughs> on yeah. cocaine. Um, That character's name was Vic Ferrari. Vic oh.
3: Ferrari, yep. Hmm. I'm mad at myself that I didn't know that, but it's been a, it's been a little okay, while.
4: It's okay, Ryan. <laughs> Go beat yourself with a palm frond about it.
3: I will. I'm no good. So, Carol, <laughs> what's your, you could say what was most special or just what your general reaction was to this, whatever you want.
4: Let's see. Uh, I thought, of course, uh, that scene where the lady broke down crying at therapy was really good. If you don't watch the whole episode, listener, uh, just find that. And I learned that Tony Danza brought karaoke to America. Thank you, Tony. (laughs) Hell yeah.
3: So I'm going to the Say by the Bell pop up with amy in june
4: oh shit have fun take yeah. pictures the
3: max so i'm gonna go visit her
4: you should get tickets i think are to do that i won't but <laughs> have fun yeah so, are you gonna bring tony dance's uh, brother Miller? you should so, invite yeah. him I'm,
3: <laughs> I'm really hoping to meet tony dance's brother while i'm down that's like an added bonus <laughs> i, I think that's
4: even. a really i'm
5: attainable sure that you will it's gonna be Hollywood.
3: so you don't know his name
5: it's gonna be swimming weather i can't remember it now it's like
3: yeah. joey or tony something Dance like it. brother he'll love it he'll be like yeah
4: tony danza is my brother
3: hey tony danza's brother thing. so amy what was your uh takeaway from this
5: um that it's really great and every job needs an alex
3: it's true not all jobs have one but every job needs one
5: and it's okay to be an alex is it I think and so, there's yes.
3: episodes later about how Alex, everyone's always bugging him with their problems, and that it's hard for him. Like they, they, they get into that too.
5: Yeah, and then his wife writes him that dear John I know, letter. It's so
1: hard.
3: Oh it's, yeah. Uh, Judd Hirsch <laughs> is like the king of the depressing sitcoms. He's like, now that I'm done with my go nowhere job series, I'll be on the abandoned husband <laughs> series.
5: He's <laughs> good know, at it.
3: What do you two think about? Uh, this being this episode, that the person who needs therapy and has a mental break is the only woman on the series.
5: Um, um I think if they, I think they handled it well in a way that it doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. It could have gone a total. I mean, the other thing is that none of the other guys act, even notice that she's acting crazy. So I think it's not a like all women are right. crazy scenario. It's just that she's really
4: overwhelmed and overwhelmed. And Judd Hirsch is observant. Sh-
5: yeah, she's having a moment. I don't feel like it's as gendered as it could be.
4: So, I didn't... I mean, I think it's great. And also, she has, like, a single mother. So, that, like, gives it a reason mm-hmm. that it's on her. Yeah, I thought it was handled very well. Uh, that's a good point. But, I mean, if there's a character who's, like, representational, you still have to give them plot drama so they have something to do. So, that's
5: cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, felt, I, yeah I just wanted to bring that up. But, yeah, I did feel like... Um, you know, they really try on this series to have different spotlights on different characters for different episodes and that it it served the story. It wasn't just, like, the women are crazy episode or yeah. something. Yeah,
4: like and also there's less of a no, stigma, I think, for women to seek mental health because men, part of sexism is they just have to be hyper-stoic to be masculine yep. or whatever. So, like, women, the one good part of sexism is you get to, like, be vulnerable a little bit. So it's nice uh-huh. to get mental care if you seek it. Please do.
1: Yeah.
3: I have learned that that way more women go to therapy than men.
5: Yeah, well, we're also like conditioned to talk from a very early age about Mm -hmm. our feelings, so it's not as weird to do it, you know.
4: Ryan, do you even have any feelings? Not me though. I don't
5: need it.
3: What?
4: Ryan, do you have any feelings?
3: Just in general, do I have feelings?
4: Yeah, you're like a dude. So, do you have any feelings, or just like glasses?
3: no, I have a lot of feelings deep inside <laughs> of me.
4: beautiful.
3: Yeah, it's true. No, I mean, I really did. I mean, that's sort of my takeaway from this. I really related hard to this character in this scenario, you know? And, and like, I don't care if it was gendered or whatever. I mean, I do think it wouldn't have worked if it was Tony Danza or if it was Bobby or Wheeler Latka. or something. Or Latka. Um, it's just, I mean, and those characters have depth. Like, they get into different aspects of those characters, but having it be Elaine it just it works with what her life is like and what expectations are put on her but i just really that scene especially where she's in the you know but even where she's in the therapy and she has that monologue she does is really powerful but even like her behavior leading up to it the sort of manic i really relate to that like taking on too many things and being really stimulated by it but also it really fucking up your behavior you know so i don't know i connected with that yeah. a lot like i really felt like Sometimes a TV show will present a scenario that you really uh, feel connected with. like, And I think yeah. Taxi's good for that, that there's like some human complexity to it.
4: And this is definitely yeah. one of the more grounded and special episodes we've dealt with. Like, there's yeah. like not too many bombastic elements that are outside of possibility. i would not to say that other ones are. Well, some of them. Well, and
3: probably the best balance between dealing with the issue and still being a funny episode.
4: Yeah. And they picked, you know, like a serious issue, but not, I guess, the most serious issue in the world. So it was able to stay playful. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 And it was all done for character development. Uh, but also, I don't know, I mean, if you would really call this a special episode or not. Like,
4: I mean, you can play with it. It's pretty yeah. special because I haven't watched much Taxi. Now I'm glad I've seen a little bit more Oh, well, that's special. That's special. Well, cool. It's so it's special. It's so
3: special. So I think that'll just about wrap up our conversation, even though I'm so sad to say goodbye to all of you. <laughs>
5: You'll see us soon. Okay, thank but you so much. But
3: before we go, uh, Carol, I find you witty and... <laughs> Uh, deeply engaging. Where else may I find you online?
4: You can find me at Carolyn Main on Twitter and Carolyn Main on Facebook, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N like the street. And you can listen to my other podcast, Pitch Please, and we're going to have Amy Miller on pretty soon. So that's exciting. This Sunday in real life, and then on the internet probably in like April. So, But keep your ear holes open. And you can visit, you can buy your own copy of Pitch Please, at www.pitchplease.fun, F-U-N. Or if you're in Portland, Red Castle Games or Guardian Games.
3: Sweet. I thought you Did must you? have them at Guardian Games.
4: Yeah, just got in there. Ka-ting. Oh, and if you're a person on the internet or you don't live in Oregon and you know, like, a cool independent board game store, go ahead and message me that, I mean on Twitter, and I'll try to get you retail in your
3: town. Right on. Yeah. Well done. And Amy Miller...
5: Yes, you can find me mostly at Amy Miller or Amy Miller Comedy on pretty much everything. And I don't know when this is coming out. I'll probably it's be in Portland.
1: Two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then you you missed well, just it. Missed
3: your well,
5: either you missed it then when I was in Portland, or I I crushed it. Nailed it.
3: Yeah.
5: And you were there, and you. Or so smart i regarding. bought my
3: ticket i was supposed to get there was supposed to be some incentive for how early i bought my ticket but i still don't know what it is
4: <laughs> you'll find no out I'll heckle you from on stage
5: i just forgot to send yours but i sent oh. everybody else's but i'll sell
3: christ amy this you do this to me every time this is why i'm not going to support your art anymore this is terrible
5: <laughs> you have I'm, to i don't
3: know I don't know. I'll
5: get. uh You'll get. Amy something. also
3: likes to hit me up for like promotional artwork, and then she doesn't give me enough time to do it, and then she like makes fun of it very publicly. <laughs> no, no I it's don't. It's happened more than once.
5: What are you talking about? I love her. <laughs> she doesn't that
3: even me. remember it. Okay. So, oh, okay. As bye. For me, host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner. My uh, internet handle is Oh Yes, very nice. O H Y E S, very nice. That's my uh, Instagram and Twitter and all that shit. You know, I've noticed, speaking of mental health, that the less I engage with social media, the better I feel inside.
4: Oh, shit.
5: Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm really
3: uh, feeling that a lot these days. So, uh, anyway, check out my social media presence. Uh, As for the show, we are a very special episode podcast. Uh, You can... Download every or stream every single episode of our show on A Very Special episode podcastcom You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash AVSEpod, where you can engage with us. We love to get your feedback on there. It's really wonderful. Our Twitter is at AVSEpod. And you can email us at AVSEpodcast at gmail.com. We'll probably read your mail on the air. Even though we get, like, so much fan mail, we might still read it. You can... Mm-hmm. download our show on iTunes Podbean, Google Play, and Stitcher you're also invited to leave us a five star review on any of those uh, we only accept five star reviews so if you have less stars in your heart for us, just keep it your to ass. yourself yeah yeah. Um, yeah, so that about wraps things up for this week, I don't know what's next, what the next episode is, so I can't I can't, I, I can't entice you I think it's your episode though Carol What
4: is sure.
3: I think you're up next, right in the rotation.
4: Could be.
3: Oh. <laughs> <I can't wait. laughs> it's, it's gonna be good. Whatever it is. <laughs> um. Until then, I just feel so much. emotionally overwhelmed by <laughs> everything in my life. <laughs> cry, cry, cry.
2: Yeah, that was this A B and C on your home PC with some VIPs of S B T P. Was it Austin G? Dr. DB, R-A-C, or the c What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kinda funny. Excuse us all, cause we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shift from head to toe. Did the time fly by, or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode.